Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one sports podcast on your entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp. And may I just apologize real quick, you know, I it's a day late, I know, I but here here's the deal, okay? I've been battling a self-diagnosed illness, okay? I diagnosed myself with the stomach flu yesterday. It was the only possible thing I could that could have been wrong besides like COVID you know, COVID schmovid, that's what I say. I'm kidding. I got tested. I'm negative, but uh, I was battling a fever, my stomach hurt so bad, and just so many other things that is not appealing to the ear. But um, I'm better now. Thursday podcast, it's coming to you. Here we go. Um, we got a decent amount of stuff on the table. Um, first off the bat, I'm going to go through, you know, where I was right with the NFL playoffs and where I was wrong. There's a few, there's a decent amount where I was right, and there's a lot where I was wrong, which I hate to admit. Um, we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get into that. Uh, the Ben Simmons trade, a few of these trade offers that have been offered by teams, which not smart in the slightest, but we'll get into that. Uh, talk about a little segment on Zion Williamson. We're going to discuss his his weight, his health, and his you know um, his talent and value currently. Um, we got another rapid fire surprise section, and then an NFL mock draft. The first mock draft here, um, I'm going to try and do one, an NFL mock draft, you know, right now, a little prior to the draft, uh, maybe after the combine and then right before the draft, um, but we'll do one here, you know, a little too early NFL mock draft, but right away, let's get into it. Where I was wrong with the NFL playoffs, okay, Eagle, let's start off with my hottest take that I thought was going to blow the world off the map, that made zero sense, maybe like america off the map not the whole world that doesn't make sense anywho uh the eagles and bucks matchup i predicted a a you know a close tight battle with the eagles pulling off the upset of upsets um you know and they came out scared the philadelphia eagles came out scared um they had you know more i think brady had more passing attempts than they had total yards in the first half some crazy stat like that um, Jalen Hurts looked like a second-year quarterback. Uh, he no run game in the slightest. The Bucks absolutely tore them up. They came out scared. I thought you know they'd come out with vengeance after the loss in the regular season. After you know not being where they're supposed to be, they're not supposed to be in the playoffs. You'd think they'd have a little bit of um, grit and passion into you know being the team that's not supposed to be there. But no, they came out scared. They uh. They're a little young. It might be a first playoff game for a lot of players, so um, definitely not Brady's first. We'll give him that. Um, you know, I thought they were going to come out with a vengeance, and they just didn't. Um, they made it close in the regular season, just a one-score game. The Bucks have been on an inconsistency tear as of recent. The Eagles, um, not really a win streak, but they were winning most of their games towards the end of the regular season. Um, it was a pretty easy schedule, though. Uh, so nothing crazy. Um, you know, the factor I may have forgot was Brady still has one of his main weapons from way back in New England, Rob Gronkowski. The chemistry is still there. And if you think about the receiving core that he had in New England with, you know, Gronk was the main guy. He still has him there. Um, and then you have Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, a few, not a ton of guys that, you know, during their Super Bowl spree, um, you know, kind of in 2016, 2017, they kind of had a, a little three-peat there of making it 
for consecutive Super Bowls. Um, it was mainly Edelman and Gronk and a few no-names. I mean, Amendola, Chris Hogan, white guys. Um, you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary that he doesn't have now. The only difference is he's older and it's a different scheme, obviously. Um, but that's where I think I forgot. I think Brady, he still has his main guy, and that's really all he needs. He just needs role players surrounding him. He's got a top-notch receiver like Edelman in Mike Evans. He still has his main tight end in Gronk. Um, you know, it's a whole scheme thing it, that differentiates it, I think, though. Um, if this team goes down 28-3 to in the Super Bowl, there's no chance in hell Brady comes back without Bill Belichick. That's what I'm saying. Um, this... Win against the Eagles is no hooray, big hurrah win in any sense for the Bucks. Um, they it was an intimidated young team that they went up against. Um, I'm still seeing numerous people predicting them for the Super Bowl. I really think the Rams take them down here in this divisional round. I'm going to call it now, 38 to 20. That's what it's going to be. Rams are moving on to the NFC title game. Um, yeah, they're just going to be a whole, it's going to be a whole different ball game against, you know, uh, the Rams and the Buccaneers. I don't, the Eagles don't have one superstar. The Rams, Aaron Donald, Odell Beckham's on a tear again, Von Miller. Um, Von Miller may not be, you know, uh, crazy like he was on the Broncos with the Rams, but it's still the superstar factor. It's going to be a whole different game with the Rams. I think the Rams will handle the Bucks maybe easily. Um, and it's going to shock a lot of people, but hey, not me. I'm calling it right now. It's going to happen. Um, the other thing I was wrong about, the 49ers and Cowboys, I, was, I wasn't terribly wrong on it. I said it would be a close game. Uh, you know, the I haven't really touched on the 49ers at all during the NFL season. I just was not, I, they were never in the power rankings. I was never sure on them. Um, it, it starts with Jimmy G. He's been inconsistent all season, um, and it seems like games where he doesn't turn the ball over, um, they win, which, you know, makes sense. But at the same time, if you have to lean on your quarterback to, you know, not make a turnover for, in order for you to win the game, like zero turnovers, that's a hard that's a hard thing to do, even if you're a top-notch offense like the Packers or, say, uh, the Bucks or Rams, one of those teams. That's a hard task to do. Um, and, you know, just the inconsistency all year. It's they've, they've had a weird year, but towards the end of the season, they've caught fire. Um, they've been proven to be one of the best run blocking teams in the league they ran the ball 38 times against the Cowboys and they did everything right and it just seems like how the Cowboys did everything wrong uh if you look at the um the stats there with the Cowboys you know Dalton Schultz was their main target CD Lamb had one catch for you know 20 yards maybe um, they're not they weren't getting the, the the ball into the hands of their playmakers and if you look at the Niners on the other hand they got the ball plenty of times in the Debo's hands he had over, almost over 100 yards from scrimmage um, Elijah Mitchell touched the ball 27 times um, he's been a proven uh, guy who can you know get run the ball down defense's throats um, and it seems like the Niners did every single thing even Jimmy G threw an interception in that game and uh, the defense came away because of the Cowboys' difficult play calling. Uh, yeah, that's where I was wrong. Let's talk about, here's my favorite part, where I was right. Um, you know, the Bills' dominance, Josh Allen's going to outduel Mac Jones every day of his career. And I think 
a lot of people saw that. A lot of people thought, oh, the Patriots defense is going to make a huge stouting performance in the playoffs. I, you know, I they were t- taking me away by storm in the regular season. I was like, oh, this defense is massacring. Belichick is back. But towards the end of the season, we saw, you know, the rookie mistakes from Mac Jones. Um, you know, if they get behind, it's over for them. The Patriots, if they're down by a touchdown or even like 10 points, it's it's a tough job for them to come back because their style of gameplay is tempo and running the ball. And it's very hard for them to, you know, pass it down the field when they're down by this many. And the Bills took advantage of that. Josh Allen had more touchdowns and incompletions, um, and their defense just looks silly. Um, it's going to take a while for the Patriots to get back to top-notch football like they were. Um, it looked like we saw a glimpse of that during the regular season, but you know, in the long run, I think it's going to take a minute for Mac Jones' development and this whole defense to redevelop. Um, the Chiefs handling the Steelers, I was se- semi right about that. It was, you know, it was closer in the first quarter, and then the rest of the game, it was just nonstop Chiefs. Um, it looked, you know, the Steelers saw a glimpse of hope there in the first quarter. Uh, after the T.J. Watt, you know, fumbled recovery for the touchdown. But other than that, um, it was a little closer than the regular season. This was kind of just a Big Ben farewell game. Uh, you know, we all knew it was his, everyone was saying it was his last one, like they weren't going to win. And, you know, I think every everybody, including the Steelers players, had that mindset intact. Um, the Chiefs are just a way better football team. We knew, I think everyone and their mother knew it was going to be a, a handling from the Chiefs. And the Bengals, it wasn't a complete blowout, but uh, they handled the Raiders, you know, tempo like it was one score game. Raiders had a shot at the end, but um, Bengals are just a better football team. Um, you know, a lot of people are calling them, you know, the 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 uh, dark horse in the AFC right now. A lot of people are saying it's going to be an AFC championship, Chiefs, Bengals. Um, we'll see, we'll see. I'm not sold on them completely yet. The Titans are a completely different football team than them. And we'll see how those opposites collide. Um, that's where I was right with most of the AFC teams. I was kind of wrong with the NFC side of football. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited for this Bills Chiefs game. Niners Packers. I think the Packers will handle the Niners, but you never know. Uh, the Niners are so, you know, they're, they have such a high ceiling, but um, inconsistency, kind of like the Bucks, is what has pivoted them, you know, uh, in the regular season. So hopefully they don't catch a, you know, pivot point. Um, yeah, they, they, just, I just wasn't so sure on them. I mean, they've bad losses and they come back and have insane wins against the Cowboys like this. They sneak in and just, um, you know, surprise me. I, I didn't keep an eye on them through the regular season. That's my fault as an analyst. I'll take credit here. Um, but they surprised me, surprised a lot of people, and we'll see if they can, you know, they've done it before. The Niners have taken out the Packers. Packers fans, you remember Colin Kaepernick. Um, so they're they're the organization that knows how to do it if anybody's going to do it. <sighs> Moving on, what happened with Dallas? Let's go back to that. Dallas looked like a very balanced team in the regular season. You know, you got Dak Prescott, fully healthy again. Looks like the comeback player of the year. Ezekiel Elliott scoring touchdowns almost every game. Uh, he looks like the Zeke from 2015. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, all healthy for the start of the season. They look like the best receiving core in football. Very explosive offense. Um, you know, you could say they were more explosive than Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Uh, they have more experience, more targets, better defense on paper with Michael Parsons. 
Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is still a great linebacker. They have Demarcus Lawrence. They have a playmaking corner in Trayvon Diggs. As much as he gets burned, the guy gets interceptions. Um, better secondary. Is it the play calling? Is it the coaching? If This is the question that popped into my mind. Listen, if Jason Garrett is coaching that game, do do they win? Because Jason Garrett coaching the 13-3 and Packers back in 2015 when they lost on a last-second field goal to a much better Packers team, and it was a lot closer in that Packers game. The Cowboys are a much better team with experience right now than they were back in 2015. I think a lot of people can't argue that. Um, and that Packers team back then was better than the Niners. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if Jason Garrett was coaching, he's not gonna make a conserv he's not gonna make so many conservative play calls where it shoots themselves in the foot. Um, when you have talent like that, you have to take shots. And they didn't they took shots to who? Dalton Schultz. That is not your playmaker. That can't be one of your main guys. I'm sorry for all you tight end lovers out there. Um, the ball needs to be in the hand of uh, C.D. Lamb. Tony Pollard only touched the ball six times. He's become a you know a great wild card back for the Cowboys, and he only touched the ball six times. C.D. Lamb touches the ball once, um, you know, and it, Dak didn't throw a touchdown. He or he might have thrown a touchdown, but he threw an interception. It's not elite quarterback numbers. We saw way better quarterback numbers his his rookie year in the playoffs. Um, the I think. You know, the consensus has to be that Mike McCarthy needs to go. Um, I don't think Cowboys fans are ready for that job. I think he's just a yes man for Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, likes things to go his way. And if he sees somebody down in their knees begging for a job like McCarthy was after the Packers, who uh, offense has been out of style since 2012, Jerry Jones is going to resurrect that guy and tell him what to do. And it was the same thing with Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore is on the same way as well. Um, the, he needs to go. It's he's not gonna go, but he needs to if the Cowboys want success. Um, he's his offense is out of style. They, they, I mean, the talent on the team made him look good all season. Um, and Kellen Moore, I think Kellen Moore, uh, having a taste in the offense there made them look a lot better than what McCarthy made him out to be. Uh, they made the defensive stops they needed to in that game, and it was just an offensive, you know, shit show per se. Um, yeah, the guys that needed to touch the ball didn't. Um, this is a very talented Dallas team. I was hoping to see them in the NFC title of the game because they have so much talent on that roster, and a lot of people are Cowboys fans. It's really good for football when the Cowboys win. So I'm sorry to admit, but people want to see the Cowboys win, and a lot of people don't want to see them win. But hey, they're a ratings boost. If you see views per season on games, the Cowboys are always a a team that has, you know, the most watches on, like, Thanksgiving Day, um, primetime games. They get a lot of those. They have a lot of views throughout the season. They're a very healthy football team for the NFL. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with them. They're a very talented football team. I don't know what route they're going to go. I really think they should fire McCarthy, but it's owned by Jerry Jones. He listens to Yes Men. Um yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see in the end. I'm just thinking if Jer if Jason Garrett's the coach there, I think they win that game. That's just me. Anywho, we're gonna jump from the gridiron to the basketball court. Ben Simmons back in the news again. Um, you know, I just can't help but talk about him. But these teams are making these rambunctious offers. Brought to you by first the Detroit Pistons. 
Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, first-round pick for Ben Simmons. These cornerstones of your franchise, you're willing to give up these young players for this cancer of a player who couldn't even... What what do you think he's going to bring? You know, a rebuilding block like he did with Embiid? He didn't bring shit to the 76ers. I don't understand why teams are giving up their building blocks or willing to give up their building blocks for... Ben Simmons is it what do you want a taste of the media because the Detroit Pistons haven't been talked about in the you know in the sports media for years on end maybe since Ben Wallace was in the NBA um they've been bad I don't know if they're trying to make a big splash because they haven't made a big trade in years uh they haven't had a you know it's the Detroit Pistons their last big superstar was Chauncey Billups um Detroit needs to stick with the rebuild they're doing a decent job at it they have very good young talent they just got Cade Cunningham that Sadiq Bey is playing very good for them Jeremy Grant is uh most improved player candidate last year um Isaiah Stewart a rising center they have very good talent and they have a lot of cap space they need to stick with the rebuild the Ben Simmons trade cut it that is a very bad offer for the Pistons um I don't know you know if you haven't been in the media I get it but it's not worth losing your rebuild. Um, we'll see how other teams, you know, go out, go about their offers here with Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm really, you know, curious to see what idiotic offers other teams can make because um, if Russell Westbrook's trade value is low right now, I can only imagine it can't be lower than Ben Simmons. Um, yeah, that's that's about it for him. Um, let's jump to another young player. It's kind of a sad story. But um, Zion Williamson, you know, I might be late to the party on this topic, but he has, you know, jumped uh, over 330 pounds, um, according to reports. He's not only losing talent, uh, but value. Say the Pelicans want to trade him. Nobody's going to trade for, you know, someone who is obese, morbidly. Um, And he's also, okay. A little background behind this. I work. Here's how I make. Here. Here's how I make ends meet. Um, you know, to afford all this, I work at a Foot Locker. Okay. Um, the Zion Williamson merch there has dropped seventy percent from retail value. Um, I don't know if I'm like whistleblowing right now, but um, he is a big part of a section in our store, and it's he's assigned to the Jordan brand. Um, not only is he hurting, um you know, his self with losing value on the court, he's losing money from the Jordan brand, from, you know, losing reputation from his gear. His gear was kind of sick at first. Um, his shoes were selling a lot. Um, now, nobody even peeks at his shoes. Um, it might be because, one, they're not cool, or second, because people see Zion's, and they're like, oh, he's overweight now. I don't want to buy his things. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of, it's sad, honestly. He can't, he has a foot injury is what I'm hearing. He can't really move or exercise. I'm not, like, it's, I've, I did a little research in on it, and it's, you know, I'm like, okay, if you can't exercise, then change your diet. So, I don't know, you know, his body mass index to see, like, if he can lose weight or not, or how he needs to diet. But it's just sad to see, because we saw the same thing happen with Greg Oden, where he had an injury, he hurt his body because he really couldn't exercise and he was a very good player to start um but now he's going down a path of mediocrity and i hope he doesn't end up like greg Oden because we saw zion williamson right away in the nba he was a monster and now we just haven't seen 
anything from him. Zion Williamson had a very underrated season last year for the games he played. 25 points a game, close to 12 rebounds a game. Nut stats. So we know what he's capable of. Hopefully he loses, you know, the weight he's carrying and rises for the Jordan brand again. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a sad story. Anywho, rapid fire, college basketball edition. Here we go. Um, you know, I don't, I would try not to go in super in depth in the college basketball because, you know, college basketball is a very schemed sport. Um, there's not a lot, it's not like superstar packed. There's not like gossip around it. It's just play a lot of players trying to make it to the league and it's a lot of scheme ball and, you know, it's, it's very good basketball. I love college basketball. It's probably my second favorite thing to watch besides, you know, Chicago Bears football. I know that's a very sad thing to say, but I love college basketball. Kentucky's my squad. That's my team. Um, yeah, it's really hard to talk about. It's not like there's rumors flying around except when there's scandals about, um, you know, money. Um, but anyway... Rapid Fire College Basketball Edition. The SEC teams are the real deal. We saw after this AP poll, Auburn is sitting at number two. Um, Tennessee, you know, in the top 25. Kentucky rising up back to number 12 after dropping 107 points on Tennessee themselves. Uh, LSU top 15. Um, you know, they their teams are a lot more dominant we see now than Big 12 teams. Um I think it's, you know, the superstar factor is one, and two, there's a lot better scheme ball in the Big 12 than, you see a lot more veteran coaches in the Big 12 than you see, or not in the Big 12, the SEC than you do in other conferences. Um, John Calipari, Rick Barnes, um, other coaches, let's see, there's a decent amount, I can't name them all, but a lot of old heads in in that squad, and they normally pick up the dubs. The difference between that, Duke is the most talented team. Now, Duke has the squad to win a championship. Now, here's the thing. We saw the um, same thing back in 2017 with Zion Williamson, uh, R.J. Barrett, and Cameron Reddish. Um, It's not about, you know, talent when it comes to March Madness because we saw Cassius Winston and Michigan State take them down. Schemes over teams in college basketball. Duke is the most talented team um, sitting by basketball talent. But we've seen this with Mike Krzyzewski before. This is the last two raw. It'd be a great story if, on paper if it was his last year and they win the national title. Um, but we've seen. I feel like we've seen this story before with the Zion, RJ, and Cameron Reddish deal. Um, it's not about veteranship. It's, about rec- it's not about recruits. It's about having a good mix and a good scheme when it comes to college basketball. Those are the rapid-fire college basketball edition takes brought to you by um me i don't have any sponsors yet i'm still working on that anywho finale of the show the nfl mock draft here we i love mock drafts they are so exciting um i just you know love predicting the nfl draft is people don't get excited for it as much as i do i just love seeing the new talent come into the league um, same with the NBA. I love the NBA draft. I think I might get a little more excited for the NBA draft than I do for the NFL draft just because there's so many players and, it, you know, the rookies for in the NBA can be game changers. NFL takes a little bit, unless it's like a quarterback. But the draft's a huge deal. I'm going to go through and do the top 10 picks in the NFL draft. Number one, right away, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you might think, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, these defensive studs. Well, these Jaguars got to take one of them. 
No, I think they can wait on that. I think they have to protect their quarterback. I'm going with Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. They need someone to protect Trevor Lawrence. He was running for his life all season. He had a terrible scheme with Urban Meyer. He needs a protector. Um, we know he's the most talented quarterback in last year's draft, and he needs someone to protect him. And he doesn't have that guy. Evan Neal is that guy, offensive tackle. You can say it's a waste of a number one pick, um, but the trenches wins the titles. End of story. Number two, the Detroit Lions, they need more defense. They kind of need everything, but let's just say defense. They're going to pick the number their best defensive player, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Um, you know, Hutchison was a finalist in the Heisman chase. Um, he looks like a TJ Watt, you know, prototype, kind of not like an outside linebacker, but at the end spot. Hutchison is an absolute animal. He manhandles uh, offensive linemen. He is quick. He has good swim. He is one of the best swim moves I've seen in college football. Um, this guy is going to make an immediate impact for the Lions, and they need someone to uh, get the uh, – a pass rush for they have a good kind of good linebacking core developing they have a good very good up-and-coming secondary um they just need someone in the trenches on the defensive side number three houston call me crazy there's a quarterback going here kenny pickett i don't think davis mills is reliable enough um the coach um his name is losing my train of thought here but the coach for the texans made davis mills look very good that man is gone now. There's going to be a new, you know, coach coming in. They're going to want a new guy to lead the charge. Um, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Um, Deshaun Watson, we don't know the whole story yet. Still slipped under the rug. We have no clue. Um, but Kenny Pickett is a guy who changed the game. Deshaun Watson, you could say, changed the game. Kenny Pickett's in that same category, in my opinion. Um, they need... You know, someone who's mobile, someone who can, you know, throw the deep ball, kind of like Watson was. Um, maybe he's not as good as Watson, but, uh, you know, this we don't know how high his ceiling is. Um, another Heisman finalist. I like him a lot. I think the Houston Texans are taking him at number three. Number four, the Jets. They need something in the secondary. I was going to say Derek Stingley, um, but I'm, I think they're going to take Kyle Hamilton here, the safety from Notre Dame. Uh, this guy's an absolute freak. This guy, um, he reminds me a lot of Jamal Adams. He's a great hybrid safety. Uh, Jets had Jamal Adams, traded him away. Why not replace him? Um, they have an okay, you know, they need just anything, to be honest. But, you know, some good support from the safety position would be perfect for them. I think Kyle Hamilton would be a great pick here. Number five, the Giants. I think Kayvon Thibodeau here would be an excellent pick for them. Um, they need, you know, they need defense. They kind of need everything. Um, their, their secondary is a good, they have James Bradbury, um, you know, a corner who made a name for himself this year. Um, you know, they have, um, not the best linebacking core, uh, but they really just need something in the trenches. They need to get sacks. They were bottom half of the league in sacks. Um, Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau, I think is a guy who's going to just shock the combine um, but injuries are going to be a worry for him. So he might not get drafted in the top three, but he's going at number five to the Giants, in my opinion. Number six, Panthers. I got Malik Willis here. Um, you know, not people are saying he's fallen, fallen in the draft. Um, I think he's one of those guys that's going to shock the combine. 
Um, he's going to go nuts. He's going to look a lot like Lamar Jackson, a lot more bigger, more accurate Lamar Jackson from when he was in college. Call me crazy. Um, but Malik Willis um, is that guy. He's um, They need a lot more mobility from the quarterback's position. Sam Darnold, way too inaccurate, way too inconsistent. They need someone mobile. They need someone with a stronger arm. Um, number seven, back to the Giants. Now, they kind of need everything, like I said. Um, this time, another guy in the trenches, Charles Cross, um, offensive tackle. You know, this is just, this guy is just the next best pick from Evan Neal. I think, you know, another if they're not, if they're going to stick with Daniel Jones, they're going to need another protector for him. Charles Cross, offensive tackle. Um, they, they need trench help. That's what the Giants need. They need someone to protect Barkley. They need someone to protect Daniel Jones. Um, it's going to be another pitiful season for the Giants, but they're going to do the best they can. Championships start in the trenches. They might as well build it. Uh, number eight, the Falcons. Um, I think they're going to go with Derek Stingley here. Um, you know, I could be wrong. I'm sitting here rethinking myself. Like, you know, is Derek Stingley really going to fall this far in the draft? But I could see it. I could see it for sure. Um, they have A.J. Terrell. That's kind of their best corner right now. They need more defensive help. They kind of went, you know, all out last year on, with Kyle Pitts in their early pick in the draft. Uh, this time they're going to need to pick defense, secondary help. Um, their defense looked absolutely pitiful this year. They could really take anything. They did, really don't need more playmakers. They got Ridley, um, Kyle Pitts. They There's not really many star-studded running backs in this draft. Um, so anything on the defensive side will help. Um, <clears throat> I don't, they don't, there's, a, this draft is really top heavy with defense. It's not like, you know, superstars everywhere. It's a really defensive draft. There's not, you know, crazy quarterback talent, crazy receiver talent, um, like last year, but, um, yeah, I could really see the Falcons taking Stingley here. Uh, nine Broncos. I think a top, a quarterback's going in the top 10 again here. Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Um, they, you know, with Vic Vangio being gone, a new offensive coach is going to come in and want to change the game. Matt Corral, I think he'll put up average combine stats, but they need just a fresh start at quarterback. Teddy's not going to work. We know that their defense is the only thing carrying them this season. Um, they have a great running back. They have a great young receiving core. Now they just need someone to follow young at the quarterback position. Number nine, Broncos taking Matt Corral. Number 10, Jets. Um, you know, I said Kyle Hamilton at their number fourth pick. Um, I think they're going offensive here. They need another weapon besides Elijah Moore and somebody else to throw to for Zach Wilson. I got Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State. You know, when he was a freshman, um, people were already saying this guy's going to be a top 10 pick. I think his time is now. He's a great route runner, great, you know, small guy, kind of like Antonio Brown size. Um I really see this guy being a, a star in the in the league. I think he can be. Um, Zach Wilson needs a target. He's already got Elijah Moore. Just needs another to build that offense into a young, strong core for the Jets. Whew. Anywho, that was your main event of the show. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Sorry if I seemed a little out of it. I'm still dealing with the after effects of my sickness. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, expect another, you know, kind of vlog-style video this upcoming week. Um uh, I did the uh, open gym session. Thank you guys for watching that. That was really fun to do. Um, and I just kind of took my camera to the basketball courts. Me and my buddies just playing some games. Got it on film. It was a really fun time. I just, let me know if you guys enjoy stuff like that. 
um, and um, hit the notification bell so you guys know when I upload. I, I, I forgot. I forget to say that every single podcast, and I'm going to say that now. Anywho, thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday, I promise. Not a Thursday, unless I get Ebola. Anywho, see you guys.